Hello, hello. I'm recording this on Sunday the 20th of November, and in three days' time it will have been five whole years since I released the first episode of Files Unite. Let me play you a short clip from that episode in which I explain the origin story to this show. A little while back, I recorded a uh, an episode of the podcast Classic Schmassic as a guest. They were very kind to have me on, and I had so much fun doing it that I thought I would like to have my own film podcast. So, to mark the fifth anniversary of this podcast, I thought it would be fun to take you to where it all began and share that Classic Schmassic episode in which I joined Chris Mead and Owen Jules to discuss Sergei Eisenstein's Battleship Potemkin and whether it lives up to its reputation. I'll be back afterwards to let you know where you can find more of Chris and Owen's work and to let you know how you can support what I've been doing with Roos Files Unite over the years. Okay, here's the Classic Schmassic episode. You are listening to Classic Schmassic with Chris and Owen. Well, here we are, back once again. I'm Owen Chores, and with me today, as always, is... Christopher. That's my name. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much. Once again, I always feel it's very nice to um, pour out a bit of gratitude on you, our listeners, for downloading another episode of Classic Schmassic and spending some time with us. We appreciate it. It's very nice to have ears with which to communicate. <laughs> yeah, very eloquently put. Yeah, and, and people attach those ears with brains that can take in the signals, audio signals, and then process them, pass them in some way, and have an opinion. So what That's you're saying is, very nice. thanks, dear listener, for being human. Yes. And this show is all about watching, apparently, the best films of all time and seeing if they're really as good as everyone says they are. Yeah. And they're old as well. I yeah, add, they are old. If you think, like, the latest Adam Sandler film is the best one of all time, we're probably not going to be covering that. No, in fact, we... I don't think we've ever said this... But all of the films that we cover have been made before we were born. Yeah. Yes. And we were born in the 80s. In 1980. Yeah, we were. I feel like we've talked far too long without bringing to everyone's attention the fact that this episode, we have a guest. Hello. (laughs) Yes. Hello, Alistair. Is Alistair your best mode of address? That's fine. Ali. Okay. I like Ali. Yeah. 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 Okay. Slightly more wieldy. Yes, right. Is, Is wieldy a word? It is now. Good stuff, because it used to be unwieldy, you see. Yeah. Ali, we know each other because you listen to the podcast. Yes. So this is a bit of a thing where kind of culture is eating itself in a way. Indeed. In that you wouldn't be here if we didn't do the podcast. Nope. But if we didn't do the podcast, you wouldn't be a listener. Right. Yeah. I mean, I do want to say I'm concerned now that this is going to open the floodgates to every Tom, Dick and Harry that thinks... Oh, I fancy having a go at that. Yeah, we're going to have literally three or four emails <laughs> flooding in. Yeah. And yeah. we will probably say, yeah, well, yeah why we'll not? T- we'll tell you what, I'll, I'll deliberately be really, really terrible so that you'll just go, nah, bad idea, we'll, we'll never do this again. See, what's good now is that if you are terrible, you mm-hmm. can say that was oh, on yeah. purpose. It was all part of the plan. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Good. Now that we've established yes. plausible deniability, indeed, would you like to tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. I'm interested in all things Russian, most things Russian anyway. Um, so I, I write a blog and I also contributed, I don't know if you're uh, language people, you might have used Duolingo to help you learn a language. I yeah. have heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I contributed to the building of the Russian course because it's always good to have a native English speaker on, on one of these things. And it's slightly harder to find native English speakers who also speak Russian. Russians who speak English, quite a lot of them. Mm. The other way around, less so. So I helped with the making the English sentences sound, you know, natural. Colloquial. Colloquialish, yeah. Mm, fantastic. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. always wondered about that. And I was um, in the Pyrenees, so oh, yeah. it's of Catalan country. Mm, okay. And a lot of menus have got that thing where they there's an English version. Okay. But any native English speaker who would just peruse that even yeah. just very casually mm. would be able to pick up just a number of 
would it be like syntax and stuff just the way that they stuff arrange words off. yeah oh yeah. Well, yeah depending on how well it's uh, edited i remember one menu where it looked fantastic and then we got to eggs instead of saying eggs it said eggsy like is often like the Russian letter that denotes the plural. Right. So they'd, they'd obviously done eggs and then just... Stuck the plural stuck on Stuck the Russian plural. So you kind of had Latin letters and then this one random Russian letter at the end. How so. do you like your eggs in the morning? I like my quite eggsy. Very good. Yeah. With yeah. the plural. Yeah, yeah. so it was doubly, doubly yeah. pluraled. I mean, I would say eggy. Eggy, Probably yeah. eggy eggs. But eggsy... Mm-hmm. Like, sounds a bit like a sort of outlaw graffiti artist. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, true. My granddad used to tell a story about language that I always mm. found quite funny in that he was driving in France and mm-hmm. he got a puncture, got a nail oh, yeah. in his uh, tyre and he managed to get to a garage and he went up, to the, looked up what yeah. nail was, went up and said, I've got a nail in my tyre and everyone started laughing at him. It was a fingernail, wasn't it? Was it was a fingernail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, it's just so interesting to me because in our language, that nail and the other nail are intrinsically linked because yeah. they share the word. But in any other why language... Why wouldn't they be linked? Yeah, hmm, they're not linked. But why would they, hmm. on the other hand? Really yeah. crazy. I yeah, don't yeah. know how that stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, very cool. I'm absolutely in mm-hmm. awe of you. I think I probably said this on Ginny's <laughs> episode, but anyone who can has any kind of facility at languages mm. makes i mean you you have a superpower you can talk to people that i can't talk to i think that's amazing really i'm I, and i can't do it at all i have no facility for languages i think what's interesting if you speak another language mm. as well it introduces you to new concepts oh yeah totally yeah because you know english is not a perfect language so we can't express everything yeah um and just the things that we encounter in, you know, our particular version of the world, it's not as broad as as other places. I mean, yeah, sure, we've got things that other places don't have, but yeah. And the way we construct our language yeah. then um, affects how we think, sure, how we tell stories, how we conceptualise the world around us. Yeah. Is it true, I've heard from mm. people who are fluent, uh, you are presumably fluent. Semi-fluent, yeah, I can get by, I'm a bit rusty. That you're but... a different version of yourself when you're speaking and thinking in that language, just slightly, um, but there's... Yeah, I think perhaps my degree of fluency is not such that there's really that big big divide but certainly i've i've you know met much more i don't even necessarily want to say able linguists but people who've who started much earlier and they, and they definitely say oh yeah i feel totally different and once i got to the level where i could actually understand them in both languages I was like, oh yeah that is actually true that isn't just something that they're saying because it's a truism see i but, think that's yeah. absolutely fascinating yeah that much in the same way as we have different facets yeah. of ourselves that we uh, that we like to portray to different. Oh like, yeah, to your mum as yeah. opposed oh, yeah. to your best friend or whatever. The, the same happens with the language. I think that's really yeah cool. Uh, well, and, and different people bring out different aspects of yourself. Um, so so yeah, there, there might there might be sort of like a, a sort of a, a version of you say that when you're with Owen that maybe somebody else that you know doesn't necessarily elicit. This isn't an original thought, thought but I've read it. Yeah. And kind of gone, oh, yeah, that is that is interesting. I do think that is yeah. just bonkers, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I guess, uh, as we've spent so long mm. talking about Russia. Russia. And I guess the reason why yeah. we are going to uh, tackle a Russian film today. So we're going to be watching Battleship Potemkin, uh, which is a film from the 1920s. Can we all try and say that name properly? Battleship Potemkin. Battleship Pachomkin. <laughs> Battleship Pachomkin. Tovarich. No. Pachomkin. Ah, <laughs> oh, you brought some more Russian in there. Pachomkin. Pachomkin. Yeah. Good. Excellent. So, what is what is Battleship in Russian? Uh, I'll probably butcher the pronunciation, but Broninositz. Okay, I'll leave that one with you. Broninositz. Oh, very nice. Pachomkin. This is good. I, like, we never get to pronounce okay. the name over and over oh, again. Oh, we can use a, an English language teaching technique. So we can start with the last syllable. Okay. Uh, so it's just siets. Siets. Nosiets. 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 Broninosiets. 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 You're doing so well. I can't do it. I remember, yeah. remember when I said I had no facility at languages. <laughs> it's true. I was not just fronting. 
Yes. Broninotiet Pytjomkin. So it's Aww. actual modesty as opposed mm. to the false kind. Yes, that's absolutely uh, true. I can't do the nice rolling R's like I oh, do with like, I, Christopher Kane. I, I totally... You, see, you can do... I've heard you do that uh, on the podcast before. I only say that because I can't actually properly do it. I can kind of imply it when it's in a word. Mm-hmm. But if you just kind of say, oh yeah, do a rolled R. No, can't do it. It's just because I watched a lot of Sylvester McCoy as Doctor. Oh, as okay. He All always right. rolls his R's. Mm. Um, awesome. So, yeah. so 1920s film. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else do you know? We'll, we'll let you go. What first. else do I know about it? Um, I know it was directed by Sergei Eisenstein mm-hmm. or Eisenstein, if I'm trying to be a little bit more authentic to the Russian pronunciation. And I don't know. He seems to be quite a big deal director. I mean, he's um, you know, there's streets named after him, and there's a monorail station named after the street so you know he's important enough that they've thought him thought it worth naming places after him i was born mm. on paul w anderson street uh, okay uh, it was named after the director of resident evil <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's funny because i was born in mukherjee close oh, oh really wow. yeah oh is that near Yui ball lane <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Yui Ball? Is it not Yui Ball? I think it's Uve. Uve Ball. Uh, Awesome. Sorry, I I had a stupid joke and I put you off your stride. Keep going. The uh, the other thing is, weirdly, I have seen Eisenstein's grave, but I haven't seen any of his films, which seems like that's a a wrong way round. I mean, there's many directors you can't even see their grave if you wanted to. But isn't it amazing that we're going to help you remedy that? Yes, yeah. And that will be... Just, I just need to say I didn't spend most of my time in Russia hanging around in graveyards. I went to one once. Sure. had lots of very... Fa- yeah, I'm this weird Russian goth. <laughs> Not that being a goth is a problem. But no, yeah. I, some of my favourite people are goths, in fact. Yeah. Um, and we don't want to perpetuate the stereotype that they hang around in graveyards. No, of all course. The time. Sometimes yeah. they're at goth clubs. Yeah. yeah. For instance, that's another place. Yes. Or cathedrals. <laughs> cathedrals. Gothic cathedrals. Gothic cathedrals. Or, or, or just, I, I don't know. Morrison's. Morrison's, yeah, because yeah, they've got to eat. Yeah. Goths have got to eat like everyone. Goths got to eat. If mm-hmm. you cut them, do they not bleed? They do. Black blood. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I know something mm. about this film oh, that yeah. I would like to share. I believe it invented the technique of montage. I don't know. They might have done. I have heard something like that. Yeah. In the I think it was images together, yeah. one after the other to tell an extended story that hadn't yeah. really been used before. Mm. Something I'm like that. not sure if it invented it, but I it think it was to do to with Eisenstein's theory of how it could be used. Yeah. Owen knows more. Let's go yeah. to him. I think that this is a propaganda movie. It's probably a safe oh, bet yeah, to that, say. Oh, yeah, that is a very <laughs> safe bet. In 1920s, they don't let you make a film unless, it, at least in some way, it's saying... Soviet power is great. Yeah. Aren't we happy that we won the Civil War? Right, guys? Yes. And yes, we are. Apparently so. Mm. I'm going to put my stupid hat on okay. and just say, what? could you give me a bit of historical background? Uh, yeah, I could try. Thank um, you. So, uh, so the Russian Civil War is... It's kind of like you have... The Russians are involved in, in World War One. Mm-hmm. It does not go well for them. Sure. Um, and sort of the um, of the big powers that went into the war, they were one of the less well prepared, and the strains of war just put uh, additional strains on a society that wasn't particularly happy anyway. And long story short, it contributes to uh, the czars, who are kind of like the monarchs of Russia, mm-hmm. uh, but not very constitutional ones. Uh, people deciding, yeah, we're sick of you. You can't run this very well, so we're getting rid of you. Um, so that's 1917, and there are some people who are not very happy about the Tsar going. Some people want to continue being a Tsarist, so civil war. Okay, that's that's just a you know my historical summary. I mean, that's all I needed. Yeah. That was yeah. excellent. Thank you so much. And for that. you kind of come out of the civil wars somewhere around like 1922 or so, and they're all like, "Okay, no more wars for us. No more wars for us. That's bad." Yeah, it's based on a true story. Yeah, where. The ship's crew mutinied, yep. I think. Okay. I also know that there is a baby carriage yes. falling down some steps. Mm-hmm. Like, like the Untouchables. Like the Untouchables. Yeah. But presumably the Untouchables got that from 
Battleship. <laughs> Brilliant. Please never correct him. I want to hear no, him say it. <laughs> oh, I'm so scared. So, have we? Is that everything we we know at this point? Um, yeah. Oh, there's one thing that's worth mentioning. Is it's not from the uh, from 1917 revolution. It's actually from 1905, which was a year where there were kind of lots of re- revolts, including uh, one of the uh, of the sort of the armed forces. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because Russia had just lost or was in the process of losing the Russo-Japanese War. So, so the film set in 1905. It's 1902, uh, oh. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of looking back on it from already in 1920, mid-1920s, some distance. So this was a period piece even then? Even then, yeah, I guess so, yeah. As, uh, we haven't said, mm. but it's a silent film too. It is. Yeah, because it's a 20s film, but I yeah. just thought we should throw that out there as well. Which I have never seen a full silent film all the way through, I don't think. Um, actually hearing a couple of your previous episodes made me go and actually uh, look up on YouTube some Buster Keaton mm. and some, uh, um, I was about to say uh, Marx Brothers, but that wasn't silent. The mirror scene is silent, so it that is. still counts. I'll, I'll um, lend you the general if you want. Oh, that would be, be very kind I, of you. I yeah. feel like you need to see it. Yeah, I saw, I saw kind of one of the big train sequence, I guess it was one of the big ones, but mm. uh, certainly the one you described uh, on the episode of kind of flinging the bits of, the bits of wood. I was just like, Wow. It's amazing. I am, yeah, expecting you to get run over any minute. <laughs> I think if you're wanting to introduce yourself or somebody else to yeah. silent film, it's a brilliant mm. film to, to yeah, use yeah. for that purpose. Yeah. So I'm excited on, on that score. Oh. I'm a bit nervous because on the, on, on the other hand, it's kind of like, oh, am I going to watch this and have to say, yeah. So this classic film, supposedly, that you all like Russians, not very good, which will make me sad because... I like their stuff to be good. It's okay. Uh, I'm sure they're not And they're listening. very proud of... No, they probably aren't, so, yeah. Um, no. Actually, some of your Russian friends might listen to this. They fact. might, yeah. I've, I, I actually did a, a little bit of a straw poll before, uh-huh. yeah, doing a, a preparation, um, just to kind of find out who of you have actually seen this, because this is a really old film. So, you know, we were watching a, a British silent film from the 1920s. You can safely assume... Not many people would have see, seen it, but I mm-hmm. thought I'm not going to safely assume I'm going to actually find out. So I did a very um, unrepresentative sample, and it was kind of I don't know, probably about a third of people had seen it or seen bits of it, mm-hmm. but you know, usually quite a long time ago. One person saw that saw it when they were twelve because they were forced to in class and just went, "Nope, never want to see that again." It was awful. But others Ooh. just kind of. Uh, but then a silent film is probably a hard sell when you're twelve. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, so, okay then. So I feel yeah. like you should feel pretty okay about being yeah. honest about it. Yeah. It seems like even the Russians are not yeah. 100% on it. Yeah. And that's what we're doing here, isn't it? All these films that we are openly mocked about yeah. for not seeing, particularly by Russians. our network head, Malcolm <laughs> Nygaard. He seems to love pointing out the fact that we're idiots <laughs> for not having seen these films. Yeah, But if we had, we wouldn't have a podcast, would we? Well, a few years' time, we will have seen more classic films than most people. We'd be doing podcasts about Batman versus Superman or something like that. Yeah, that classic. (sighs) I'd be interested to know, after having seen this, how many times we have to go, Ali, I didn't get that bit. Can you shed any light on this? Just culturally. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, but we'll see. It could be none. I probably will have to say, uh, yeah, no. (laughs) I guess that will be a measure of how good the storytelling is. That's it. Yeah. And as well as bringing us Battleship Pachomkin. Mm-hmm. Say it again, Chris. Battleship Pachomkin. That was probably the most confidently you've done it. Thank you, good. but not accurately. You presumably. did sort of mispronounce Battleship somehow. <laughs> Battleship Pachomkin. I think what's happened is you've lost your command of English. <laughs> now you've concentrated Russian. So hard on, on that the Russian word. On that foreign syllable, mm-hmm. which we wouldn't use ourselves. Chom, yeah. Chom. I can't believe we've got this far and I haven't done a really insensitive Russian accent. That's pretty oh, yeah. good, well, isn't I it? was impressed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not that I was specifically spe- uh, suspecting it was going to be you, Owen, oh, but just, no, yeah, just sure. in general, yeah. Um, your best sort of Borat-esque yeah. um, uh, accents now, please. Oh, okay. No, no not actually. No, uh, that's a bad <laughs> I idea really wasn't going to do it. Yeah. It probably will happen at uh, some point. Eventually, yeah. yeah. But law, law of averages. The longer yeah. this goes, the yeah. I normally like to bring them out 
when mm. Chris is halfway saying something really yeah. insightful. Um, sort of puncture the uh, pomposity. Uh, th- <laughs> yeah, that's why I stopped. I didn't want to say something like pomposity. Battleship pretentiousness. Can I do a Swedish accent? Please do. You sunk my battleship. <laughs> Except that's more like. <laughs> just thought I'd reference back. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. But I'm being deaf, which is more, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of sli- slightly vampiric, perhaps. I don't know. So, along with yes. this wonderful film. No, I potentially wondering. wonderful potentially. film, yeah. But temptingly wonderful <laughs> film. Aha. You have also brought us some lovely Russian treats, which is very kind of you. Again, lovely is... <laughs> we'll see. Would you like to talk us through them? Yes, so we've got some chocolate, which is called... What is it even? Uh, Babayevsky uh, chocolate, which is nice, dark chocolate. And then we have some uh, Biryozovy sok. So some birch juice. They have lots of birch oh, trees. Yes, and yep, the so famous birch, birch juice of yes. Russia. Yep, I've always yeah. wanted to yep. try it. Yep, um, and some uh, tarhun, which I don't think is specifically Russian. I think I Wikipedia'd it, and it was Georgian. But it's you know we're watching a Soviet film. Georgia was in the Soviet Union, so that can. And they drink it in Russia. And so. what, and and what yeah. flavor? <laughs> what flavor? Oh, it's tarragon flavor. Oh I, yes, tarragonade. No, yeah. Yes, tarragonade. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know what tarragon, you know, if you just put a bunch of spices and went, taste that one, it's probably going to be a herb as well. Isn't it? I wouldn't go, oh, yeah, that's tarragon. But it is a fizzy drink, it's right? It's a fizzy drink. So it's going to Luminous be. green. It's going to be tarragon in the same way that tango is, is orange. orange. Yeah. Yeah, if, we, if, we're, if we're honest. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid at yeah. school, we were read, I can't remember which one, but it was a wishing chair book. Okay. And in that book, they went underground and some munchkin or fairy or something made the children some strawberry shortcake and strawberry aid and that was at a point where you basically had orange aid limeade coca-cola and cherry aid i don't think you have cherry aid maybe from happy shopper okay Mm. but that blew my mind like strawberry aid i cannot even conceive (laughs) of such a thing if i went back in time and spoke to that seven-year-old Owen Chules and said, one day you're going to be drinking tarragonade. I I don't think my mind could have coped with it. It was a bit like, you know, in those paradigms. films, like in Back to the Future, where you're not allowed to see yourself, otherwise you will faint. Mm. I think something like that would happen. Only if you're non-voters the plot, does that happen? Yeah. Marty, don't mention the tarragonade! <laughs> That was in the deleted scenes. Yeah, there were a lot of those. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, it, it, we do now have so many different kinds of aids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do, do you want to have another go with that? <laughs> no, I'm going to let it stand. Mm-hmm. It's true, though, isn't it? So, whatever you're doing, whether you're trying to pronounce the syllable chomp, or trying to remove a fingernail from your tyre. Stop what you're doing and watch with us now. Battleship Pachomkin. Yes. Welcome back to Pachonkin Go. Gotta hang them all. <laughs> uh, we are back after an hour and 16 minutes of exhilarating Soviet era movie making. <laughs> yep. We're gonna go straight over to Ali for a summary of the events of the film. Okay, so we start right on board the uh, titular battleship. Good use of uh, titular. Yep. I enjoyed it. Um, eponymous. Eponymous, also good. Um, and some sailors are not very happy because they're being uh, fed some rotten meat. And so we have an altercation about that. 
general unhappiness for quite some time. Uh, a really weedy looking doctor saying, it's fine, and then we see the maggots, and it's definitely not fine. They have to eat it anyway. And so we kind of have this simmering resentment, and then the next day you have the captain coming along saying, the meat was good, right? Everyone step forward who think it was good. And the officers all step forward, and the sailors are just like, eh, there's um, a couple of brown-nosing sailors there. Isn't yeah, there? yeah, yeah. Scabs. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and so the captain, you know, reacts proportionately. Is like, right, let's shoot all of those guys who <laughs> didn't think the meat was all right, or hang them from or the yard. Or hang them from yeah, That's right. So there's talk about hanging them, and then they don't decide to go for that. There's lots of arguing, and they decide to throw a sheet over them and shoot them instead. Because it seems like sailors are like falcons. If you <laughs> cover their heads. They stop moving. They just go like, to sleep, yeah, yeah. and then you can shoot them. <laughs> it seems like a really ineffectual way to shoot people, though, when you can't yeah. see them. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. Well, like under one sheet, it's not like maybe a it's sailor... just easier when you don't have to make eye contact. There is that, but like... to know where to shoot is a bit more mm. difficult. That amorphous well... blob <laughs> is is attacking yeah. us. Yeah, maybe that was like a Russian thing. If we throw a sheet over the whole group of you, and you don't die. You can live, that's fine. It's like a witch trial yeah. using canvas. Yeah. Mm. So they don't know who's fired the shot and they don't know who's been shot. Yeah. Yeah. They just Maybe. put the, everything, everything is covered in, in different amounts of canvas. Yeah. My knowledge of Russian execution practice is surprisingly limited. Yeah, I am surprised by that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so we have uh, uh, the sailors kind of say, saying to the, the execution squad, you're not really going to shoot us, are you? And they kind of go, hmm, maybe, maybe, maybe we will. I don't know. And so then it kind of turns into a massive melee uh, between the officers and just the people trying to stop the sailors from escaping, have a big fight on the ship, and eventually the sailors manage to take control. But not before we've had a rather dramatic shooting of the initial guy who right early on said, we shouldn't have to put up with this. And not before... The admiral's hatch is tampered with. <laughs> yes, yes, that was uh, that was definitely uh, on on the. There was lots of lots of talk of the admiral's hatch. And, yes, yeah, you and there will were a... not go in my hatch. That's right. There were a lot of hurrahs and ballyhoos from us. Yeah, while that was happening. <laughs> yeah. So you've got this dead uh, sailor guy. Um, he's put on shore in a tent uh, yep. with a candle, and he has. <laughs> Um, a bit of paper, I guess, saying he died because of some uh, some borscht, because of a spoon of borscht. Which, to me, would have just... Yeah. I thought that would just be bad advertising yeah. for the borscht maker. No. <laughs> but I guess everyone else got that there was more of a kind yeah. of contextual thing over yes. and above that. Yeah, so you have lots of people from the town, Odessa, kind of filing past and going, yeah, that's not right, is it? So I mean, so many people. A lot of people. There is nothing to do in Odessa. Yeah, apparently, apart from seeing people who are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so um, they get very, very fed up. They say, we shouldn't have to put up with this. And there's lots of shouting. And then, you know, uh, push comes to shove. And we have to have troops come in to, you know, make people say, see sense by which I mean gunning them down. Yeah. So we have the steps scene. And then we go back to the battleship, and the whole fleet is kind of bearing down on them. They kind of know it's on its way. They pass the night expecting it to come out. Uh, it doesn't, but it does turn up in the next morning. You have a, a big sort of confrontation, and y- you kind of think, right, the, the ship's in big trouble. You have lots of enemy ships or, you know, regime ships. And then at the last minute... They decide the. Uh, they decide actually gonna, they're going to stand with uh, the sailors on uh, on the battleship Chomkin and not blow them out of the water. The end. The end. Hey. Hey. Everyone's fr- a good friend. Yeah. The ship comes really, really, <laughs> really close, close to the camera, and then it's over because yeah. presumably they'd broken the camera. Broken the camera. Point. That's the only one they had. <laughs> yeah. We were it... going to shoot shoot an epilogue, but we can't now. It's Soviet that was poor Russia. Planning. There's not poor. a huge amount of resources Cameras. around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The other one is uh, is in Vladivostok, and it will take weeks to get here. <laughs> and we've got to get this thing out we, for yeah. propaganda purposes. We do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. I yeah. think the only thing I'd like to add is oh, yeah. that the film itself has been segmented into five chapters. Yeah, or uh, acts even. Yeah, almost yeah. like yeah, a sort of operatic 
production. Yeah, a bit like an episode of The Man from Uncle. It was separated into acts and oh, had an right. epilogue. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, so there's five. And, and it's that essentially, had Russians in it. Sorry. It did. Um, <laughs> Ilyov Kuryakin. Mm. The sailors are sad. The sailors revolt. Mm-hmm. A man is dead. People run down some steps. Atrocities ensue. Atrocities ensue. And then it's sort of David versus Goliath, basically, yeah. at the end there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But a great summary there, Ali. Thank Fantastically you done. Who would like to start with the critical thought? Hmm. Well, I first thought it was really weird for me to be watching a silent film that wasn't a comedy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think I've really seen any. Was it not a comedy? (laughs) Well, there were some funny bits in it, but I don't know if that was intentional. (laughs) Mostly stuff about the Admiral's patch. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, people with moustaches like that are denoted as comic characters. So you kind of expect them to be doing hilarious stuff. But they weren't. No. No, they, they were, were not. being really oppressive, nasty people. Mm. They were shooting little kids and oh, trampling. Yeah. Taking a, almost a voyeuristic amount of pleasure in how much they were going to stomp on that kid's head. Oh, yeah. That was... Yeah, it was kind of all fun and games until the step scene. And then, yeah, it just got really, really horrible. Yeah, it did. And it was banned in many countries for the perceived level of violence. In okay. fact... It's, it was banned in the UK for the longest amount of time of any film. Gosh. Yeah, or was that just a pretext so that it's like, we don't want this revolutionary message getting out? So they, maybe I don't know, it was, as well. it was quite graphic for the time. I was, mm. I was shocked, and yeah. not obviously shocked, oh my goodness, how gruesome, I've never seen anything so bad, because obviously I have. Mm. But just yeah. in the context of, I was not expecting yeah. to see this in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and a lot of it is who the violence is to. It's like they kind of almost make a point of going, these are all the people who you definitely, you know, shouldn't be victimising. They can't really defend themselves. So you kind of have old women, children, disabled people. And yeah, the, the Tsarist troops are just going to shoot them because, you know, that's what they're like. It's amazingly clear that the pram down the stairs shot was definitely the influence for The Untouchables. Yes, absolutely. That's Brian De Palma going... Mm, I haven't seen that one, so I'll definitely have to check that out now. It's a good one. It's okay. good one. Yeah. Sean Connery plays an Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> Who speaks like a Scotchman. A Scotchman. Yeah. They um, love it when you call him that. <laughs> I bet. That's, yeah, sure. that's mm, not so happy about that. Oh, <laughs> mate. There's two of you great yeah, this time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a very famous sequence. That fourth sequence mm. is... To my mind, the only yeah, the only thing I really knew about the yeah. film, and you can see why that is absolutely oh, yeah. the most powerful bit. And just to marshal that many people, yeah, is pretty crazy, isn't it? Well, throughout the film, there was a lot of just big, big crowd scenes, and not actors. As no, the end credits make clear. Yeah, actual sailors. Yeah, we 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 kind of when we were watching it, we were saying, oh, those look like really quite convincing sailors. Well, there's a reason for that. They were convincing (laughs) sailors. sailors. There was a guy that looked like Channing Tatum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And another one that looked like a strong man from a circus. Yes. That was all of them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they all walk in that way. Whatever the frame rate of these old films are, it gives them a certain kind of jerky motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes me think hilarity will ensue. Yes, because you're so used to seeing Charlie Chaplin kind of (laughs) walking in that sort of jaunty way. Also, this whole film is shot through the Instagram vignette filter. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, a lot of it is. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty exciting too. Yeah. What about the ratio? That was new for me. Yes, a boxy ratio. Yeah. Pre-cinemascope and widescreen. Yeah. I think it's called Academy Format. I think that might have been... A, I'm not sure that the Soviet cinema would mm. call it Academy Format. Yeah. 4.3. Yeah, 4.3. I mean, that was that used to be what TVs yeah. were, guys. Yeah, Come yeah. on, that was that was how we used to live. Yep, like when we had remote controls that were on a wire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and a little clicky dial. <laughs> oh, what do you remember, clicky dials? Uh, yeah, vaguely, vaguely. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just hear people talking about them sometimes. I lived in Devon, though. Don't forget. Okay, yeah, a little bit backwards. Jurassic Park's coming out there next week. So, so I. 
um, I wanted to talk about montage. Okay. There's montage in in it. And obviously, when we talk about montage, we sometimes think of training sequences or something like that. 80s pop tunes blaring. They did have the steps out of Rocky. Yeah, basically. They did, yeah. No one was jogging up and down them. I think that it was a big influence on Rocky, this movie, (laughs) because they had montages and they had the steps that he runs up and they had a lot of meat. Yeah, they did. They did. They just hanging off that stuff. stuff more. Yeah, uh, yeah. I definitely would have preferred to punch that meat than eat it. Yes, uh, I wouldn't really wanted to put punch my hands it on either. it either. No, the, but the if doctor you had the rubbed choice. his glasses all over it. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. See that 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 doctor was was definitely a very interesting looking man. I think he was trying to burn the maggots away yeah. by reflecting <laughs> yeah. sunlight on them. <laughs> Maybe this will get him. I, mm. I, I was very interested about the montage thing. Yeah. So this was a massive influence on all cinema after mm. this point. And the thing that they did, what, what montage is, apparently, is just putting images next to each other. The content of each image isn't as important as the way that the sequence of images, once you put mm. them together, what that conveys. So not each individual image, but how you lay them and put them out together allows you to elucidate your point of yeah. view, essentially. Yeah. And this was so, you know, you have these stormtrooper types in their crisp white tunics marching down the Odessa steps, everyone else fleeing, and you cut between the two in such a way that uh, you convey your point, which is, these guys are shits, you know? (laughs) That's sort of the point. Uh, And so I just think that's quite interesting that that gave birth to an entire Mm. cinematic technique that we see in every film which we don't really question anymore, no. other yeah. than perhaps to go, oh, do we really need to have a montage? But what we call montage now is when it's incredibly overt, but actually all yeah. films are like that. Yeah. When you have something happen and then you cut to a reaction shot, that's using montage. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, so I just thought that was worth mentioning and something I didn't know before I saw this film. Uh, it's pretty astounding, really, that yeah. we're seeing that. So I just, I just want to say how impressed I was with that particularly that fourth sequence i think it it actually has lost very little of its power still Mm -hmm. Uh, even though we are not buying into it uh, in the way that i guess a lot of audiences did at the time or we're certainly meant to Mm, yeah yeah um the nazis really loved this (laughs) they did yeah just the power of Mm. it not the uh not the message. Not the specific <laughs> film. Yeah, communism. Great. <laughs> yeah, they weren't so keen on that. No, but I can imagine them going, oh, we can use this sort of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because that was one of the things I was quite ap- apprehensive prior to watching this, going, I'm not sure how I feel about watching this, something that's this, that's, you know, potentially this propagandary. And it was not a subtle film. It was not. No. It was almost, uh, I would say... A little bit naive and childlike in just yeah. how heavy-handed it was. Yeah, and and sometimes it would show something and you'd kind of go, yeah, the symbolism there is pretty obvious. And then it would have on the title card, you know, the thing that the thing is just symbolised. You know, just in case you missed the point that we were making, here's the point. Yeah, yeah. And you go, oh, yeah, thank you. Yep. Yeah, it was very much like that. Simmering water. <laughs> it's almost like the situation is building pressure. Yes. Mm. Potentially it could boil, boil over, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they were creating all this stuff, yeah, yeah. these techniques as they were doing them, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, it is hard to talk about because there isn't much characterization. Everyone's a cipher, a yeah. symbol for something. The first guy who is the the main mutineer, I wouldn't like to pronounce his name but something like valanchuk yeah, yeah something like that i thought oh this will be like the protagonist throughout mm. the film to an extent and then he gets killed in the first act yeah, yeah that's right yeah which is very like uh where's craven's scream mm. where we all thought drew barrymore was going to be the main part but she gets stabbed up in the first 10 minutes yeah it's very like that it is um, i'm sure that was also what wes craven had in mind <laughs> yeah, battleship potomkin let's do that thing again <laughs> but there wasn't really like a unless you have the Channing Tatum guy, really a protagonist particularly. It was just the crew were the protagonists. Well, I guess it was the battleship. Yeah. You know, but they do... It's not always on the battleship, is it? No. 
Or I would say debatably, the corpse of that guy was—he had a whole—he had an important thing to do after he was dead in the next act. It had more screen time than when he was alive. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but the fact that it was the crew rather than any particular individual as part of the whole kind of collectivist message. Yeah, well, not, maybe, maybe not though. It's communism, isn't it? Yeah, one person shouldn't stand above the others. Yeah, having a star would—I think you're yeah. absolutely right. I don't think yeah. you're going over the top with that one. That makes sense to yeah. me too. Unless your name is Yosef, in which case you should definitely be in charge and be on posters. <laughs> Take that, Stalin. Yeah. Um, yeah. that'll teach you. Massacre all those people. <laughs> Get ridiculed by some Englishman years after you're dead. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the final straw for him. Yeah. I'm and sure. don't come back. Scorch, darling. <laughs> you got burned. Oh, and I know you were particularly interested in the flag. Mm. Well, yeah, because Have in... Have you got a flag? Yeah, in this version... What we, we saw. What we yeah. saw. Whenever they raised the flag... The red flag of it revolution. Was in, but it was red. It was in mm. colour. Now, I wonder if that was originally painted onto the cells because mm. it's pretty important that we know it's a red flag. Yeah. Especially for Act 5. Yeah. Yes. But then again, you could have just put up a card to Same. say that it was the red flag. Which is yeah. what they did for everything else. So I'm afraid yeah. I don't know what originally happened. If yeah. this was, If they just pulled a Schindler's List with this and went, we'll make, we'll make it red. But it, it definitely was, at least for me, the shonkiest thing in terms of just how it looked. Oh, to me, you thought it was. Um, I think it got worse. But the mm. first time it happened, I was, I, my brains went, "Oh, how, how is this happening?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they couldn't put sound on. How? Ah! Yeah, I couldn't until I went. Oh yeah, they probably painted the cell. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this in this version it was painted. It looked like it was yeah. done with a computer. Oh, I'm sure quite it was badly. Done. I think they wanted yeah. to. Maybe ape the style. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure, but mm. but yeah, because I wasn't expecting there to be any color whatsoever. So it was kind of oh, there's color, and of course it had to be the red flag. But I wonder if this was an influence then on Schindler's List. Got to maybe be. For, yeah. in terms of the girl in the red coat, yeah. if that's what it was. Spielberg yeah. is too big a student of mm. cinema, right. for it not to be. If that is indeed something that yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. So uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was was the music. Um, I thought this was probably going to be involved because uh, I know in other films Eisenstein worked with famous Russian composers. I don't know who it was, but it was really, really stirring. So sometimes the just the stirringness of the music kind of took you past the slightly shonkiness of bits of the visuals. You know, um, I mean, I think the most notable bit, although lots of lovely bits of music was when you had the battleship showdown at the end it was mm. really kind of percussive and clattery and it just ratcheted up the uh, the tension i mean i noticed uh oh and your foot was just kind of tapping away at the speed and it's kind of like yeah that's i uh, that's uh that's definitely sort of affecting people on some level bass and... player though he can't help oh it. yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. the rhythm is just yeah. flow through me man yeah did yeah. you also notice that his fingers were twitching as he was like he was like working out what his bass would be if he was playing along. What this needs is a slap bass solo. Yeah. Seinfeld it. style. That is that exactly would have been a different film. <laughs> I love the pronunciation of Seinfeld. Because Chris, Seinfeld. Always, Chris <laughs> always takes I do admit, for some reason, it's called Seinfeld. Yes. But I often will pronounce it Seinfeld because I speak a bit of German okay. and I Zine the verb to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is spelt the same way yeah. as S E I N. So it's a yeah. very language-heavy episode, isn't oh, it? Oh, it is. I would love to see a version of this that is sound, uh, soundtracked like an episode of Seinfeld. Like, oh, let's go off and uh, overthrow the captain. <laughs> <laughs> or an episode of Seinfeld in German. I think that would be... Ah, oh, yeah. Er ist Kramer. Ich bin auf kein schlafen. Kein schlafen. Very famous yeah. line from it, that... Probably no one will get. I'm on no sleep. No sleep. No soup for you. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to do the soup Nazi, though, in, okay. a, in the German. Uh. So, uh, yeah. permit me to display my ignorance once again, but this would have had music that was composed for it, and then sheet music would be printed, and musicians would play along at performances. 
I assume so. Uh, when you said I display my ignorance, I'm kind of like, oh no, he's going to expect me to display some knowledge. Not sure. I, I certainly imagine it's, it has less impact if it's somebody kind of just the way at the, uh, at the oh, piano. No. Well, that's worth mentioning though. There was a scene where they had a fight in the captain or one of the officers' pianos and they had the presence of mind to include the sort of uh, discordant... discordant yeah. Yeah, it's like that's attention to detail. I appreciate that. Yeah, I liked it too. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm um not very musical myself, but I I did notice that this was a, a, an excellent score. I mean, mm. obviously because there's nothing else to listen mm. to, <laughs> but it does really um yeah, it is epic. Yeah, and, and gives it a sense of scale that it might not otherwise have. Yeah, you do play the saxophone though, or you used to though, right? Yeah, but I never have it. I. God, this is this whole episode is about things I'm awful at. So, <laughs> you know how as you get older, you sort of just you just concentrate the, yeah. on the things that you are good at. Uh, but at school, you're forced to do mm. things that you're not good at. So, consequently, at school, I had to do sport, which I couldn't do. I had to do music, which I couldn't do, and I had to do languages, which I couldn't do. <laughs> now I don't have to do any of those things, and I feel much better about myself. <laughs> oh, so you were forced into the saxophone. Yeah. No, um, I well, just that sounds physically very painful. <laughs> painful. If yeah. you're going to be forced into something, a tuba or a euphonium probably yeah. would be the best. More yeah. spacious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can imagine you blasting out some careless whisper though, or you Baker know that Street. the guy in uh, in Lost Boys, the saxophone player, and that with his like naked, oiled up torso. That was very much what my life was like <laughs> in <Yeah>. Southend. <laughs> See, I knew you. I knew you could do it. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, should we also mention Crazy Priest Guy? Oh goodness me! It was like eighties uh, rock hairdryer priest. <laughs> he almost had uh, someone with a fan. Oh, yeah. on him, just off, off. Yeah, it was um, kind of like he was an extra in Guns and Roses. So you kind of have Slash next to him, and then there's Priest Guy. Also, his cross was oh, yeah. wickedly sharp because oh, when yeah. he dropped it, it goes into yeah. the ground. <laughs> Yeah, of course it was a, si- a, a silent film, so they didn't have the the sound effect. But they totally should have had that on the on the the cards that came up. He looked like um, a kind of cross between Father Christmas and Rasputin and ZZ oh, yeah. Top. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you think he dies, but then he uh, when he falls down some stairs, and then he kind of creepily opens his eyes. And then he decides, uh, actually, I don't fancy this. And closes like <laughs> Because, as with everything in yes. this film, he's an allegory for a larger concept, in yes. this case, religion. And religion doesn't lay down and die easily. It yes. has no place in communism, right? Well, it's mm. forced below deck and yes. then bludgeoned. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fantastic. We are now going to rate this seminal classic yeah. of international cinema, starting, I'm afraid, Ali, with you as the guest. As the guest. Um, am I supposed to do the thing where I kind of go, well, on the one hand, on the other hand? Yeah, you chat yeah. it through in your head and then give it a yeah. rating. Do you know what? I think I'm just going to... It's a, it's a schmassic. Whoa! Um, which pains me. I mean, that's not to say that it was horrible or terrible. Um, I mean, it kind of zipped by. I, I mean, I don't want to say it was a fun film but uh, but certainly the fact that you don't have lots of kind of basil exposition kind of back and forth lots of people chatting in rooms and that was kind of quite nice you know some really really nice shots i mean he's definitely got the that reputation for being able to frame a thing for a for a reason um just kind of too too heavy-handed uh, for me i mean it's not i'm not saying don't watch this. It's it's worth a watch, but it's not something I'm going to go. Oh yeah, let's watch that again. So <laughs> yeah. bring it out yeah. of the party. Yeah, something. yeah. It's not like a you definitely have to see this because it's so good. It's more like this is kind of interesting. It's it's very different from what you'd normally wa- watching. So it's yeah, it's still worth watching if you kind of have an interest, but not enough to say oh yeah, definitely a classic. Would you mind giving the final rating in Russian? Um, uh, I don't know what schmasic is in Russian, but I'm uh, sure you'll work it out. Well, classic would just be classic. So the, yeah. Cool. I'm yeah. really excited yeah. to hear this then. Okay. Тогда я будем сказать, что фильм "Броненосец Потемкин", как я сказал, для меня это шмасик. 
Amazing. Oh, I'm just thinking of potentially people I, I, I know who are Russians just going, oh, Ali, 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 Ali. Yeah, sorry to put yeah. you on the spot. No, that's all right. That's oh, all we right. we had to, though. No, didn't of course. We? I agree with most of the things you said. For mm. me, it didn't fly by. I found that it was dragging a bit. Mm. And the main reason for that were there were a lot of sequences that went on far longer than they needed to, mm. but not in the way that some of the epics linger on moments mm. or vistas to get you into the feel of the film. Just scenes where people were just kind of shuffling about aimlessly. Mm. But, you know, fair enough. They probably weren't actors, but it's at that point that you call cut yeah. or you make an edit. But again, I realise this is early cinema and we've learned a lot since then. Yeah, I found on the positive side, a lot of the performances were very naturalistic. Now, I know that will come from the fact that the sailors were sailors and things yeah. like that, but they still had a camera on them yeah. and they could have been very nervous and affected by that fact. Yeah, like white coat syndrome, except... There were yeah. some extremely melodramatic performances. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but again, <laughs> yes. this is one of these things where there was, I think, a very different language at the time in cinema mm. and there were things that were permissible that na we now see as heavy-handed yeah but we do of course now see them as heavy-handed yeah i thought that the plot itself was very simplistic and drawn out mm. and while this is certainly culturally and historically significant for me, as a piece of entertainment or a piece of art, it doesn't do the job. It's a piece of propaganda. And while you could argue that any film is about putting across a viewpoint, I think that perhaps this film did its job very well. But for me, now watching it as a film in the same canon as things like Rear Window and Casablanca, it's just uh, a curiosity, really. Mm. So I'm going to give it a schmassic. When I started watching, I felt like I was watching a museum piece rather mm. than a vital, alive bit of art. Um, and I think for a lot of this film's runtime, I still felt that way. Mm. Um, I, I think overall, I would give it a schmassic, just to say in advance. Yeah. But I'm going to say that the fourth chapter, the Odessa step sequence is worthy of a classic rating. I know our, our rating system is far too simplistic to allow that, but yeah. I would say that it, that sequence in the middle there has a real power to it and phenomenal filmmaking to marshal all of that and mm, to invent yeah. an entire technique in order to put your point across is incredible. Um, so that that sequence, and that, that that isn't flabby, I don't think. I think everything mm. that's there is there for a reason. Um, and he really, the director really pushed it with the violence as well. Yeah. You do not see a child getting trampled very often in cinema, even today. No. In Independence Day, they saved the dog for heaven's sake. <laughs> this shows a bravery um, that I think is absent from a lot of cinema. So where well, I don't think any of us could give it anything other than a schmassic, mm. really, overall in terms of what our podcast is about, which yeah. is, is this an incredible bit of entertainment now that engaging yeah. yeah but that sequence in the middle mm. for me is a classic but the whole thing uh is of its time and mm. it is firmly of its time um and so therefore i do have to rate it uh in all good conscience as a schmassic which does mean i'm afraid mm. that oh no why am i saying this i can't <laughs> even say the name of the film <laughs> oh and you say it battleship Pachomkin is rated as a schmassic. Wow. I completely agree with you, actually, about that scene. And there are many shots in it that are brilliant, especially mm. that closing shot where the ship comes right up to the camera, mm. which I've no idea yeah. how it was done, really. No. Um, yeah, so it it is. I, you know, I think, as with everything in our podcast, yeah. you can't just take our rating and go, well, that's it then. Yeah. If, if any of this has piqued your interest then absolutely. Or maybe even forward to chapter four, uh, there's a bits in... Uh, is it four? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, is. It is. Yeah. And a bits in five as well that are pretty amazing. I think this is a film for a cinephile 
or a russophile is it russophile that yeah that's the one yep yeah yeah fantastic i i'm glad i watched it and yeah. it doesn't uh, it's an hour and 16 it really isn't like yeah. Oh, I'm never going to get that time Those back. Those four hours <laughs> that you pummeled me with communist propaganda. Absolutely. And I think it's, yeah, for me, having read a tiny bit about it, the importance of that cannot be overstated. Uh, fantastic. Before we end, yes, we have rated the film, mm. but there's another rating that we need to give, and that is on the treats from Russia. Oh, oh right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, are we going to give the same rating? We don't need to rate it, but we'd like to. (laughs) We'd like to rate it. Okay. Okay. Was it delicious or (laughs) schmalicious? I would like to take each snack, though, because I have a different rating. Right. Okay. Each. Okay. So the chocolate that we had, I mean, chocolate's chocolate, right? Yeah. No, because this is Russian chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit different, wasn't it? It was a dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. It was called. Uh, It was called Gorky. Which means bitter. bitter. I'm not mm-hmm. actually translating that. Ali told me that earlier. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> I mean, you didn't just learn <laughs> well, Russian. Well, I'm yeah. very familiar with Gorky Park and I looked into the history and I know it means bitter. bitter. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought that had really unique flavour. <laughs> In a good way though, right? Yeah, it was really yeah. pleasant. Really yeah. nice. And you don't associate Russia as being massively great chocolate makers. No, it no, wouldn't be so. the first thing that springs to mind. I really liked... The um the flavour, I thought the flavour was really interesting. It was, you could tell it was a different manufacturer to the kind of mass stuff that we get over mm. here. You know, it's very different from Dairy Milk or even mm. a Bourneville. Uh, the texture was the one thing I thought let it down slightly. Yeah, it tended I've, towards the chalky. I've heard people say that before. I'm mm. kind of just used to it at this point. So, But the flavour was great. Yeah. So I will rate it delicious. Okay. Well, with the chocolate, I liked it already. That was the thing I was most confident about bringing in, thinking, you know, it's chocolate. It's difficult to mess up. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm used to it. But I think I think you guys would enjoy it as well. And you did. So, hey, except I'm preempting your rating. Oh, but you've kind of... I Yeah, I mean, it's clear. Said, yeah. I, I just... It was a dark chocolate, so it's not going to be as creamy. So no. I, I agree with Chris there, but I understand the reasons why. Mm. So I will also give it a delicious... Yeah. Which means we yep. rate the gawky chocolate yeah. as delicious. delicious. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, what was the next thing we had? Uh, okay, so we had the uh, Beryozovi sok, uh, which is uh, it's birch juice. A little uh, nugget of information there. Mm. If you read it to English eyes, it looks like that second word is cock. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't notice that stuff anymore, but yeah. <laughs> Owen yeah. will always, always yeah, notice always that notice stuff. That. We also noticed that we had some ham during the film, except it wasn't. It was it was numb, which is uh, to us. But yeah, it was like ham. Why but ham? Slightly confused yeah. by the fact that there was a cute little piggy yeah. running around. <laughs> yeah, yes. the ship. yeah. Um, except I don't think it ended well for him. No, revolutions like that, isn't it? Yeah. So there's mm-hmm. always someone. There's always a victim. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, the beach juice. Mm-hmm. Can I just call it sock? Birch. Yeah. It was birch juice. Is it? Beach I always get juice. the wrong one. Totally different flavour. Yeah. Sorry. The birch juice. Yes. Um, I really love coconut water and I drink a huge amount of it because I feel like yeah. electrolytes are important mm. uh, to anyone. Uh, and this reminded me a little of that. But also there was a weird aftertaste uh, okay. that I didn't appreciate. Uh, Owen likened that to pear. I don't mm. like pear myself. Um, and also the other thing I really like about coconut water yeah is that I know that it's very good for me. Yeah. I didn't know whether this was good for me at all or whether I was just drinking it because there were a lot yeah. of birch trees to get juice from. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of like how everything in yeah. Canada revolves around maple syrup. Yeah, exactly. We've got lots of this stuff, let's use it. Mm. So, yeah. Which from... is delicious. <laughs> yes. Yes, I can't see you spreading this on your pancakes somehow. No, it would just, you'd get a very soggy, yeah. vaguely pear flavoured uh, mess. It's not the same experience. So I'm going to rate it malicious. Oh. Um, 
This is where you really need a middle rating because it's not like it's it's you're not allowed. Not allowed. Okay, I'm going to tactically vote as delicious because I don't want Ooh, all of my votes. your tactical votes. Okay. Uh, I don't want all of my Russian. Having uh, said their classic film was a schmasic film, I feel like I have to be diplomatic here and say it was more towards the delicious than the malicious. So if I have to, uh, and it certainly wasn't malicious. Whoa, oh, word play. Nice. Boom. Very Russian of you, yes. I think. I liked it. Mm. Uh, Chris has explained how I felt about it. Yeah. <laughs> and what I thought it tasted like. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but I question how natural it was and how good it yeah. is for you. Mm. So I did enjoy it, but it wasn't brilliant. Yeah. And in the way that this podcast is, yes. doesn't mean it's, it's rubbish, but I will also rate it. A schmilish, uh, okay. which, which is very difficult uh, to say. Yes, which means we have to now say that it's delicious, delicious. I really worry about the turn the show's taken. Yeah, <laughs> and, we're just breaking new ground. Yeah. and I feel like we had to really leave this one the best till last. Not <laughs> yeah. necessarily the best tasting, but the most obscure. Yeah. Which one was that? Uh, this would be uh, Tarhun. Which is which is a uh, a soft drink based on the herb tarragon. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> because that's obviously you know if you're going to choose a herb and make a soft drink out of it, that's the one you go yeah. for. Yeah, we can't judge. Um, we drink Mountain Dew. Yeah, like anything, which doesn't even pretend to be anything. No, it's got mountain essence. Don't that's right. Ask too many questions. And this looks like old school Mountain Dew, doesn't it? It somehow looks greener. Yeah, well, we called it Hulk juice because it's that shade of green, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. It wouldn't look out of place in a production of Return to the Forbidden Planet. It would be, uh, and it would froth as well. Yeah. It's somehow a Technicolor drink. It yeah. is, yeah. It's pretty amazing. A delicious elixir. And I have to say, I rather liked it. It was, if it is a bit cream soda, a bit. Like weird chemicals that you like anyway, <laughs> I would definitely give it a delicious. I quite like it, but if I had to sort of tip the scale either way, which I have to do clearly, I'd probably say it's schmilicious, if I can say that. Oh, I'll just say it's delicious because I can actually say that. <laughs> yes, so that's what we've decided. It's delicious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> For purely con- reasons of convenience. Brilliant. That's great. Yeah. That's like a last minute reprieve. Last, oh, yeah. Now, I have to say it's. Mm. Pretty sweet, but not overpoweringly sweet. Yeah. It is like cream soda. I would never in a million years say it was tarragon flavoured. No. Or I would... feed it to your kids. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, never. Um, however, I'm not a huge fan because I don't really drink fizzy drinks. Yeah. But it is a fizzy drink. It does the job well. So I'm also going to give it a delicious. Which means wow. that the product Tarhun gets a delicious. delicious. Fantastic. So Tarhun is yep. the winner, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, of the three. Uh, not that it's Along with the chocolate. Yeah. Oh, no, I think the chocolate's the winner. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's be realistic about this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alistair, thank mm. you very much. Uh, you've gone above and beyond by not only being a captivating guest, but also bringing us amazing treats and therefore drawing a line in the sand for future guests to bring along thematic treats. Oh, this, will this be part of the kind of like um, uh, the sort of filtering process? What mm-hmm. are you going to bring us? Yep, that's right. Doesn't but sound good. Not coming. Sorry. Absolutely. That's what's going to happen. Okay. Well, you have to set the kind of bar somewhere. Uh, and it'd be great because you know when we do futuristic ones, who knows what oh, we're yeah. going to get? Yeah, probably some of that astronaut ice cream. Wicked. Yeah, that is going to be great. Or cosmonaut ice cream, of course. Yes. Yes. M- more like tarragon flavour. Tarragon ice cream. Um, is there anything you mentioned a blog? Would you oh, like yes. to plug yeah. that? Yes, I would. So um, it's good that you mentioned the word Russophiles earlier. Um, my my website is called uh, Russophiles Unite. Uh, but uh, as a, it's not so wildly successful that it has its complete own d- domain name. It's russophilesunite.wix.com. And I have a couple of Twitter handles because I'm greedy. I have russophilesu, 
And then I have uh, just a regular one for me, which is uh, uh, Alistair underscore Pitts. So you can have both of those if you should so desire. How would you spell Rusophile? Rusophile. R-U-S-S-O-P-H-I-L-E-S. Great stuff. Just wanted to make sure. Yes. Otherwise, no one would be able to find you. No, which would be sad. Yeah. Well, I've very much enjoyed this one. It has been very different yes. um uh, and I that was rather rather great that's not a phrase rather great it is now how okay. about that yeah i really enjoyed this you've been a fantastic and fascinating guest ali so thank well, you thank very, you very much, much for coming on oh thank you for having me and thanks for all your treats that you brought oh, more than welcome although ali have you noticed how owen always kind of treats us a little bit without respect and keeps kind of oppressing us yes we should overthrow him yeah if um, i've learned anything from the film that we watched that was a good it. idea yeah listen like this <laughs> Sorry, podcast give me your microphone. no give me your microphone. no <laughs> that's the end hey! you've been listening to classic schmessic with chris and owen and we're back I do hope you enjoyed that episode of Classic Schmassic with Chris Mead and Owen Schulz. You can find more about Chris and his work as an improv performer and teacher at chrismead.co. That's C-H-R-I-S-M-E-A-D dot C-O. Owen, on the other hand, has been a guest on shows including As If, a minute-by-minute Clueless podcast, and the Four Weddings and a Funeral episode of the brilliant Falling in Love montage. As you'll already know if you caught the bonus episode I released at the end of September, I'm not currently able to record new regular episodes of Roos Files Unite at the moment, but I do hope to be able to revive the podcast properly when circumstances allow. In the meantime, I'll continue to release bonus episodes every so often, so don't unsubscribe from this feed just yet, and if you're not already subscribed, uh, why not do that right now so you don't miss out when I have new stuff to share with you. If you've enjoyed what I've been doing with Roos Files Unite over the last half decade, the best thing you can do to support it is to let other film fans in your life know that it exists. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can make a one-off donation at ko-fi.com slash roosfilesunite. That's K-O hyphen F-I slash roosfilesunite. If that's not an option right now, or if you understandably feel a bit icky about spending money on something connected with Russian culture, then no worries. Totally understand. Whether this is your first episode of Rus Files Unite, a Russian and Soviet movie podcast, or whether you've been listening to us for years, I'd love to hear your thoughts about the show and the films we've covered on here. You can find Rus Files Unite on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter too, assuming Twitter is still a thing by the time you listen to this, or you can email at rusfilesunite at gmail.com. If you're curious about what films I've been watching lately, you can also follow me on Letterboxd. My username on there is Ali underscore, that's A-L-L-Y underscore. Thank you so much for listening, and das Vidanya, folks.